So today I want to tell a similar story like I did last week about the time I was in North Korea, but this time I want to tell you the time I went to a more serious place, even more serious than Korea, and for Marines that is Iwo Jima. Now, as a Marine, it's one of the most sacred places we can visit. Iwo Jima is a small island in the Pacific, and until World War II, it had little significance in the world. But being stationed in Okinawa, it was a short flight on a C-130, but getting there on the list was not easy. It was you had to know the right person to get you on that list to get there. This island holds a special place for Marines because it is where the famous picture of the flag being raised on Mount Suribachi was taken. And more importantly, it is where close to 70,000 Marines fought and close to 7,000 gave their lives in the name of freedom. Now, you can imagine what a kind of honor it felt to visit such a place. And I had only two months left on active duty when I did. I remember the ride over well because it was my first time in a C-130. And if you've never flown on one, it's just a fancy cargo net with a row of Marines next to each other hanging on. No windows, no snacks, just you and your eyelids if you're able to catch up on some sleep. Now, when you arrive, they start you off on a long walk to Mount Suribachi. And you see the pillboxes where the Japanese were fighting against the invasion force, which was the Americans, on the beach. And it brings this reality to a World War II battle site that if you've never been to one, really just you can't really prepare for the flood of thoughts that go through you. I remember getting to the base of that mount and walking up to the winding road to the top and thinking how the Marines must have felt walking up this hill, not knowing where their enemy was or if they would make it. That time on the island is a sacred memory for me. It's one of the memories that I go back to to draw strength from. I think about it often from my journey and knowing my deeper connection to brotherhood and earning the title of United States Marine. I'll never forget the gift of freedom that those that didn't come home on that island gave to everyone after. Now, this wouldn't be a podcast episode if I didn't tie it to fatherhood. And now as a father, I think about how often we can feel alone in the world, how often we don't know what might hurt around the corner, or if we'll make it to even see our kids walk down the aisle. We never know tomorrow and what that's going to bring. And tomorrow is never guaranteed. All we get is today. I think about what it means to have brothers alongside you fighting every day to keep you f- your family safe. I think about how we lost this virtue along the way somehow. And now men for the last 50 years have been told you're supposed to do it alone. Keep your feelings on lockdown and dress up sadness with words like good and fine. I think about what we could fight for as a country when we came together. I think about how far we could go if we united ourselves in the pursuit to be good fathers, like we have in the quest to protect our freedom. Being a dad was never designed to be done in a vacuum. And like earning the title of becoming a Marine doesn't happen when you raise your right hand, becoming a dad isn't something that happens when your kids are born. Instead, it's something you become every day by surrounding yourself with people ahead of you, people behind you, and developing a never-quit mindset because it's no longer just about you in this world. Becoming a dad is an invitation every day to become more and fight against the harm in this world to teach our kids where to find love, joy, and purpose in life. And just like the fury that Marines brought to Iwo Jima, we too as dads can break the cycle of generational trauma caused by dads that didn't know any better and didn't have the tools to do better and be an active role in our kids' lives every day. To do this, you first have to know what you're leaving behind, what you want to leave behind, the baggage that you no longer are going to say, this is not something we're going to pass on to our kids. And second, 
you need to know the kind of dad you want to become. A key component of becoming a good dad is understanding what traits you want that dad to have. What description do you want your kids to use when they're 35 to describe what kind of dad that I have in my life? It takes intention. It takes intentional design of your thoughts, your actions, and more importantly, your priorities. I was recently thinking about an idea that if you want to show a man success, don't show me his pocketbook, don't show me his title, don't show me how far and what he's built. Show me the quality of relationships and his family. To me, those are the true test of what a man was able to do on this earth because the relationships with your kids and what you can leave behind with them is the only true legacy that we have. Anything you do physically in this world does leave a lasting change. But the ones with your kids, those are the ripples that are going to go well beyond just one generation of change. And so we're no longer talking about breaking the cycle and generational trauma from where you came from. But we're now talking about how do we create a ripple in our generational legacy that our legacy of our family is defined in a completely different context. That is the invitation we get every day to be dad. And I'll be back again with you guys tomorrow.